What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. Something to keep in mind for our homeowners with prices going up, it's creating natural equity in your home. If you have mortgage insurance, chances are you can refinance out of that. Make the bubble work for you. If you're in the buyer's market, you know how stressful trying to buy a house is right now. That's especially true in Colorado, the housing market here. It's stupid. So let Mike and Virginia Chevalier take the burden off this extremely difficult process. They're going to alleviate so much stress. Just take some of that worry off of your plate. They're proud DNVR members. They're CSU alum. They work nights. They work weekends. They do what it takes to make sure their clients are getting the best loan for their situation. As mortgage brokers, they're able to shop over a dozen lenders with many different products to find the right fit for you. They want their borrowers to know who they're working with and not feel bounced around. They take the time to help their borrowers be as informed as they want every step of the way. And Mike and Virginia will take the burden off folks so they can focus on their home being a home, not just a house. As I said, they're proud DNVR members and they have a perk for DNVR listeners. If you go to dnvrmortgage.com, not only can you enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice, you're also going to get set up with the free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. You can also call Mike directly at 970-412-2472. Or again, go to dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. All right, all right, all right. First things first, happy famous Idaho Potato Bowl to those that celebrate. One of the quirkiest and wonkiest bowl games in America. The location doesn't make sense. The trophy doesn't make sense. It's freaking Idaho in December playing on frozen turf, usually in front of about 3,000 people. <laughs> but as dumb as it is, it's one of those bowl games that I'm somewhat nostalgic for. I, I watch it most years because it's usually, you know, one of those random weekday games where there there just isn't anything else on. And that's the case this year as it's, you know, on Tuesday at 1.30 Mountain Time, Wyoming playing Kent State. Uh, today we're going to kind of talk about just some bowl stuff in general. I, I was thinking to myself, Colorado seems like it could be a really good location to have a bowl game. So I put together a list of the best locations as well as some ideal bowl sponsors. Um, some are funny, but honestly, I, I kind of tried to put it together thinking realistically because I really do hope to see a bowl game, you know, in Colorado at some point, whether it's in Fort Collins, you know, Denver, the Springs, Boulder, whatever it is. I just want to see one in this great state. So we're going to go through that. But before we do, we are finally going to dive into the transfer tracker a little bit. I know I've kind of been putting this one off. It's just a, it's a weird subject to approach. You know, do I just go name by name and then, you know, kind of list everybody off and, and ramble? That seems kind of boring. I tried to come away with some takeaways with just, you know, kind of where we've seen the most departures and, you know, where we've seen CSU kind of plug some of those holes already. It's the player movement era. I mean, it's it's basically free agency every offseason. And that's not that's not me complaining. You know, I again, coaches have always been able to leave whenever they want for better opportunities. I do think players should have that opportunity at least once in their career to, to transfer without penalty. I mean, Everybody else has that, right? You know, you're not going to get told by, you know, DUA, you know, sorry, I know you want to go back home and, and they're offering you a music scholarship, but you have a music scholarship here. So if you want to keep playing music, you have to do it here. You know, it's sports are really the only area where that exists, at least in college. I mean, I know there's 
non-competes in the real world and all that, but that's a, that's a whole different, you know, side topic. So I just, I, I don't have any beef with the player movement era. It's just one of those things where it's, it's kind of hard to follow. And I do think that to a degree, it, it hurts the programs from being able to establish an identity. I mean, I look at CSU men's basketball and obviously being a top 25 team, having a coach that is beloved, all of that helps in terms of generating support. But so does having a roster of players that have, you know, kind of grown up in front of the fan base's eyes. You look at guys like Adam Thistlewood and Kendall Moore, how revered they are within the CSU community for helping, you know, build this program from the ground up after a really tough stretch, you know, at the end of the Larry Stacey era. Those guys come in, you know, they play really hard as freshmen. You start to see and, and think, you know, what could be once Nico Medved gets his right guys in. And then obviously that second recruiting class with Roddy and and Isaiah Stevens and Deshaun Thomas and John Tanjay and James Moores and, you know, all those guys, that's allowed CSU to really build off of that. And now these last couple of years, all those guys have stayed here and, and they're beloved by Ram fans because of it. And I just think that with so much player movement, it's kind of hard. And, and not only does it make it hard to establish, you know, your, your foundation as a program and, you know, have an identifiable roster that the player that the fans can relate to and are familiar with. I also think it hurts those players. I mean, there's only so many spots, you know, it's not like the the grass is always greener and sometimes it leaves you kind of in an, in an awkward position. I mean, I remember uh, when Doug Gottlieb had Nico Medved on his podcast, one of the things that Gottlieb brought up was, you know, these players that transfer, they, they kind of end up without a home when it's all said and done. You know, you think of somebody like, Prentice Nixon, for example, who had a really great career at CSU. He was a good player. He had some big moments, you know, game-winning shots, you know, 30-point game against Kansas State, like all of that stuff. He ends up transferring out to Iowa State. He's not going to be, you know, viewed as a as an Iowa State cyclone by their fan base, not long-term. And it's not like he can come back, you know, and, and represent CSU. It just doesn't really work that way, whether fair or not. And he's, you know, far from the only guy that's done it. You know, same thing with John Gillen and, and John Octius and all these guys over the years. Again, they, they have that right, but I just, I don't know if it's always worth it. I mean, when you think back to the the end of the 10 miles era and what they established there and all those players that, that grew up, I mean, think about for the rest of time, how beloved some of those, you know, Wes Eichmeyer, Jesse Carr, Dorian Green, you know, the Smith brothers, all of those guys are going to be playing devil's advocate. Obviously, some of their significant transfers, you know, Colton Iverson and, you know, their Daniel Bejarano comes over from Arizona, ends up having a really nice career. You know, Gene Covell was a transfer. Stan Kidd was a transfer. You can't add transfers. I'm not trying to act like transferring is always bad and there's nothing good that can come out of it. I just mean it's kind of a, a roll of the dice, you know, for the program, for the player, sometimes leads to some wonky situations. I've gone on a side tangent now that went way longer than I expected, but my my whole point here is just that the grass isn't always greener, and I do hope that some of these players consider that, you know, when weighing their options. Obviously, you don't always have a choice, you know. Sometimes you get told by the coaching staff, basically, like, you're not going to play here, go somewhere else, you know, we're not going to have a scholarship for you moving forward. And that's just kind of the nature of the business. It's It's unfortunate I've already talked about you know, it, it, it is okay to be excited for the future of the program and also recognize that there are individuals that are going to be impacted by this change negatively. It's just, it's inevitable. But transfers and, you know, roster movement and player empowerment, it's, it's the era we're in. And so it's just going to continue to 
increased. And now, you know, I, I pretty much just keep a spreadsheet where I try and track it as best as I can. I do want to add that I can't say with 100% certainty that this list is 100% up to date with everybody that has transferred. It, it's so hard to keep track of between walk-ons and, you know, who saw the scholarship and all that. Based on the number that I have going back to August, 18 players have announced that they're going to transfer. Some have already transferred out, you know, people like Tanner Hollins, you know, who left at the beginning of fall camp, went to Northern Colorado, uh, Kyle Helbig as well, you know, the t- former tight end in the Bobo era. Some of those guys, Hubbard left in season, went to Sam Houston State. Marcus McElroy left in season. He's going to McNeese State. So not everyone has been a transfer since Norvell came in. I just wanted to make that clear. But it uh, going back to August, so, you know, the 2021 season going into the 2022 cycle, 18 players. And again, you know, maybe, maybe not necessarily 100% accurate. There might be a, a small name here or there that I'm missing, but give or take one or two, that's that's basically where we're at. I will kind of briefly go through these names, but one of the things that, that really stands out, obviously, is the amount of quarterbacks and the offensive linemen that have already left. You're losing guys that have played a lot of snaps in their career, but it also makes a lot of sense because the offensive line and quarterback room in particular were kind of stacked with Adazio guys, you know, Cam Reddy, Vincent Bacazzi, Elijah Johnson, Chiafani, all these Boston College guys, they're all out. And then at the quarterback room, you know, you've got Todd Santeo, who you bring in. Jonah O'Brien has decided to transfer out as well. Would be very, very surprised if Evan Olay sticks around. I just, I don't see it. Same thing with Matt Vilecci. I mean, maybe at this point, Vilecci just decides it's, I might as well just try and compete for the job here. You know, I, I would assume Clay Millen is the front runner to start, but you never know. Some of the other guys that have left include uh, Christian Hunter. I, I feel bad for him in particular. He got just moved around a ton. You know, he comes in as a running back, and he was an effective running back. And then they're so thin at defensive back that they move him over there. Then they move him back to running back. He just he was never really put in a position by this Adazio coaching staff to really have an opportunity to succeed. It is what it is. I mean, you you have to do what you have to do when you're that thin in a position. Like, I'm not saying the coaches made the wrong decision. It just it didn't really end up working out for Christian Hunter when it was all said and done. Same thing with a guy like Kylon Herndon. I mean, he comes in as a running back. They move him to wide receiver this year because he just they didn't have a ton of wide receivers in the room. It, it just felt like an fit. I mean, he's only 5'9". He, he could have maybe been like a Darren Sproles type, but just didn't really work out. So in total, four running backs, including Hans and McElroy, but obviously McElroy was in season. Hollins was at the beginning of fall camp. Uh, you lose Brian Palendi, the Miami transfer at tight end. Not shocking. Again, another Adazio guy tight with Scott Patchen. You know, I, I would have been shocked to see him stay. Helbig already left uh, midseason. He went to Northern Colorado. Uh, Nick Picazzi, younger brother of Vincent Picazzi, tight end. He is in the transfer portal. Again, another Adazio guy. So you're just, you're not surprised. I hate that Hubbard didn't get to finish his career as a, as a Ram. Him and McElroy in particular. Two guys that were tremendous in the community, really respectable, you know, great students, great leaders, and productive football players. I mean, especially Hubbard. I understand that McElroy's career was kind of up and down. I don't think he really ever reached his, you know, full potential. And and I do think a large part of that was injuries. And and that's a lot of these guys. Like, I, I hate when people 
look at a guy like Marcus McElroy, who is such a terrific, you know, representative of this program and did have some good moments. And they're like, he was a bust, you know, he sucks. That stuff drives me crazy. Very, very much impacted by injuries over the course of his career. Uh, I'm glad he gets to go to McNeese State. It sucks that he got brought in by a head coach that then dipped for LSU, but hopefully he gets an opportunity to shine down there. And I hope that Ellison Hubbard gets a chance to shine at Sam Houston State. I feel like he's going to eat in the FCS, guys. Like, go go out there, have a really nice season, you know, get maybe five, six sacks. It, it's tough to really rack them up when you're an interior player, but make an impact in the run game, you know, make tackles for loss in the backfield. With how athletic he is, it, it really wouldn't surprise me if Hubbard uh, generated some NFL interest, especially if he was able to, to put together a really nice season against Sam Houston State. He's one of those guys that I just... I don't understand why the coaching staff wasn't playing him. It, it does not make sense to me. Um, yeah, don't get it at all. Wish him well. Um, definitely wish him well. Really good dude. Defensive backs, Robert Floyd is out. He was a walk-on. Surprised that they didn't reward him with a scholarship in season. Maybe didn't have that opportunity with the way the numbers were. Definitely would have been given one if Adazio stuck around. He's already received an offer from UNC. He's a guy that feels like he'd be a really great fit there. I know he made some plays, um, but he was really undersized and he gave up a lot of big plays too. And part of that's just being a freshman, you know, he might've been able to, to kind of find some more consistency as he got more experienced. I think he was a, a guy that had great ball skills and, and really could have been a playmaker, but you know, I, I don't think it's the end of the world that you lose them, especially if you can add some talent at the corner position. Uh, Brandon Coleman, also our redshirt freshman, and Linwood Crump, you know, the, the guy that came in from Temple. And uh, Linwood Crump's dad, I believe, not a, not a big fan of me on Twitter, took some shots. I made some jokes about Urban Meyer, and I don't know, maybe maybe I shouldn't have done it. But uh, the, the final one is obviously kicker Robert Liss. He left at the beginning of the season once he lost the job to Caden Campers. So those are the, the guys that are in the transfer portal as of now. I also have a list of some guys to keep an eye on, and I'm going to go over that in just a second. You know, guys that haven't announced, but people that I've heard some rumblings about or just logically who I think would would make sense to leave. Before we dive into that, it's Christmas week, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, has a gift that will certainly put you in the holiday spirit. New customers can bet just $5 on any NBA team to win and get $150 in free bets if they're victorious. It's a great way to put some extra jingle in your pocket. Maybe, you know, help pay off some of that credit card debt, depending on what you had to do for Christmas season. Being an adult is so hard, guys. Paying for Christmas and bills and all that. Man, I wish I was a little kid still. Uh, All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get in the Christmas spirit with a Holiday free bet surprise. Everyone will get a free bet up to $50 instantly as DraftKings gives away up to $10 million in prizes. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any NBA team. Win $100 in, or $150 excuse me, in free bets if they are victorious. That promo code DNVR this Christmas week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. 
All right, speaking of the holiday season, our friends over at Manscaped are totally hooking it up. They are, of course, the worldwide leader in men's below-the-waist grooming. They've served more than 4 million men worldwide. My math is correct. That's about 8 million balls. Get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code DNVR. Ho, 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 fellas. Now you're nice. Tis the season to perform. Manscaped's best-selling product is the Performance Package 4.0. This is at the top of every man's wish list this year. Inside, you're going to find the lawnmower body trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, butt, and body. The weed whacker, which is for your ears and nose. And of course, we don't want to forget about the uh, world-famous liquid formulations. The crop preserver, which is a ball deodorant. Love that, especially if you're going to be like driving in the car all day, something like that. Stay nice and fresh. And they also have the crop reviver, which is a ball toner to maximize your ball hygiene routine. You know, you might be feeling a little swampy down there. You might have some stanky balls. You know, throw on some crop reviver, freshen things up, be nice and good to go. Go to manscaped.com, use that code DNVR, get 20% off plus free shipping. You will not be disappointed. Cool, 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 cool. Like I said, I, I put together a list of players to just kind of keep an eye on. Already uh, hinted at a couple of these earlier when we were going through the transfer tracker, but Matt Vallecci, uh Evan Elias at quarterback, Neither one of them feel like an area QB, although Vallecci more so than Oles. I Oles has got some zip on the ball, and I think he's a good kid. I think he's athletic. I, I think he can be an effective quarterback. Honestly, he'd be perfect at Air Force. Um, I was joking about that with Kevin Lytle. You know, I was like, it's unfortunate that you have to commit to potentially serving in battle to run the triple option offense because. Elias would be perfect, you know, and run the wishbone back in the day in another world. He would have been a really good quarterback, but he just he just doesn't feel like an air raid QB. Uh, David Bailey, Boston College transfer running back, does have one more year of eligibility. I doubt he wants to transfer again, but I also am not sure that he's going to play that much in this new system. We'll see, because he is effective as a pass blocker. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. It, it wouldn't shock me if the if the you know, new staff kind of wanted him to stick to stick around and maybe convinced him to do so. After all, this offense is it's a lot of fun. You know, another guy that I'm I'm kind of interested to see what happens with is Alex Barrowet, a freshman running back this year. Did get a couple of carries in that Nevada game, really the, the only serious playing time he saw. You know, he was recruited out of Massachusetts, obviously an Adazio guy. Does he want to stick around? We'll kind of have to see. Again, I, I like his game, uh, and he's a really, really good dude. Had him on the podcast a couple times before he signed. Was was very impressed by his whole demeanor, really humble guy. I, I, I do hope to see him stick around. Uh, at the wide receiver position, Ty McCulloch, you know, he, I was, I was told if Adazio was going to stay, he definitely was going to stay. Doesn't necessarily mean that he is going to dip, but it sounds like he had a pretty good relationship with the old coaching staff. Uh, we'll just keep an eye on him. You know, that's, that's really all we can do. Flipping over to the defensive side of the ball, at safety, I'm kind of intrigued by Taiwan Francis. He doesn't really feel like the type of DB that Norvell would lean on. That said, he can be impactful, especially as like a box safety down near the line of scrimmage, making plays in the run game. But uh, interested to see, maybe he wants to go somewhere where he feels like he can be you know, a little bit more of a star, you know, drop down a little a level, go play at the FCS or something like that. And then uh, finally, Caden Camper. I, I I don't know if he's going to dip or anything like that. Obviously, coming off of a, 
a year where he set a program record for field goals made. Maybe he wants to test the waters and see if he can land at a bigger school. That stuff wouldn't be shocking. That That's really common with specialists. You know, SEC schools, they tend to steal punters and kickers away from, from smaller programs. So just a, just a name to watch. And then obviously, you know, he he was given a, a second chance by Adazio and that staff. He he may feel loyal to them, you know, when it's all said and done. But those are just some names to keep an eye on. Again, I'm I'm not trying to report this. I'm not saying that they are leaving or anything like that. I don't have inside information. It's just, well, a couple of them. I guess I do have some inside info on that they might dip, but I'm not saying they will. So we'll, we'll just kind of have to see how it all plays out. Keep an eye on them. You know, that's really all we can do. All right, let's, let's go through some of these bowl locations slash potential sponsors if we were to have a bowl game here in the great state of Colorado. Um, I will say that, you know, December or January in, in Colorado, it is a little bit risky from a weather perspective, but also that's really just not that great of a reason not to have a bowl game here because... They play in Idaho. I mean, we all remember the 2016 Potato Bowl and how cold it was there. They play in New York City. I don't know if you've ever been to New York in December. It's not pleasant. It's freaking cold. They play at Yankee Stadium. So, you know, you could play it here and you could do it with a much better backdrop. Like the Pinstripe Bowl sucks. It sucks. Nobody goes to it. It's always freezing. You know, do do one out here. And I'll, I'll say first things first, I, I think a college campus is the best place to have a bowl game if you were to have one in Colorado. And because of that, I would say that either Canvas Stadium or Folsom Field would be my top two choices. Canvas, a much better facility. Folsom has a little bit more history. That backdrop of up against the Flatirons that looks really good on TV. Either of them, though, I think would be really, really good locations. And on top of that, there's also, you know, a, a ton of local beer sponsors that you could do it. You know, Coors could sponsor a bowl game in Boulder if they wanted to. They already have the CEC there, you know, New Belgium out here in Fort Collins or Odell, one would assume New Belgium, given their ties to CSU football and the program, but either of those, or if it was in Boulder and, and it wasn't Coors, you know, you could look at somebody like Avery Brewing or, or something like that. I don't, I don't know if they quite have the money for that, but they are, they are pretty big. You know, another potential beer sponsor in Fort Collins, Anheuser-Busch, obviously they own Breckenridge, you know, there, it, there's just a lot of beer possibilities, a lot of dispensary possibilities too, but I would imagine the NCAA wouldn't love that. You know, I don't, we'll see. Um, but so here, here's my ranking. I guess I know I'm kind of all over the place. One, Canvas Stadium. Two, Folsom Field. Three, I'd go to Air Force Academy just because it's cool. Although that stadium is meh, you know, you could do some cool flyovers and there's a lot of military stuff. And if you, if you had, you know, somebody like Lockheed Martin, who has a lot of jobs in Colorado sponsoring it, it would, it would be kind of a natural tie-in there. If the game wasn't going to be on a college campus, you know, you, you could do it out in Powerfield at Mile High. Obviously, the Broncos Stadium, anytime the players get to participate in an NFL stadium, I think it's a big deal for them. It might be kind of tough to work around the NFL schedule at that point, though, so maybe not. I don't know if the Broncos would be super stoked about hosting a bowl game because they have you know, it's like a grass turf mix, but it is grass. You know, it's it's easier to manage that when the showdown happens in August, whereas if you're playing relevant games in December, you know, going into the playoffs, they probably don't want to add any extra wear and tear. That's just my, my guess. You know, I don't have any inside info on that or anything like that. 
But that's why I do think it could be cool to be at Coors Field. You know, you, it, it'd be a smaller stadium, obviously, but I think that's good because you're not going to sell 75,000 bolt tickets, even if you were hosting a college football playoff game out here. So, you know, why not? Coors is a beautiful stadium in the heart of Denver. You could do really cool bowl festivities out in Lodo. I just think there's a lot of opportunities there. It'd be maybe a little bit wonky. The seating would be better in a traditional football stadium, but there's ways around it. Like you could make it work. I, I really think you could. And it, it would just be cool to have a bowl game in Denver. I think that would be so much fun. So those are the locations that, that make the most sense. I mean, you could throw out Grand Junction, I guess. I don't really know if that's a, a tourist destination and it's far enough from DIA that I, I don't really think it makes a lot of sense. I think you kind of have to contain it to the metro area. I don't see Greeley being an <laughs> option one. Just not, you know, a, a destination town. But beyond that, the facilities wise, it just it would be a, a huge step down from everywhere else that we've thrown out. As far as some ideal bull sponsors go, I mean, the, the beer ones are, are the most natural that come to mind. You know, Coors, Breckenridge, New Belgium, Odell, Anheuser-Busch, who owns Breckenridge. Some other ones that are, are realistic, you know, Aero Electronics, they sponsor seemingly everything. <laughs> Same with UC Health. Both of those companies based in Colorado have a lot of jobs, you know, have the money to do it. Uh, Ball Corporation, obviously now the sponsor of Ball Arena, largest aluminum uh, can producer in the world. Comcast, which isn't from Colorado, but has a, I think they might be based out here now. I think they're from Minneapolis, but anyways, they got a bunch of jobs out here. Uh, Western Union, same deal. You know, they have the money. None of these companies that I've just named are, are that exciting aside from the beer ones, but they all make sense. They all have local ties. You know, I'd, I'd be okay with any of them. A little bit smaller companies, uh, Madwire or Otterbox, those would be really cool. The Otterbox Bowl would be awesome. Um, my, potentially my favorite, Crocs. I want the Crocs Bowl. You know, Crocs were huge here. Every every player, every coach gets Crocs. You know, maybe they wear Crocs on the on the field. I don't know. It, it would just be really funny. Vail Resorts. That would be kind of cool. Hook everybody up with some some gear. Not the, the most natural tie-in, I don't think, but obviously a really big company would be great advertising opportunity for them, not that they need it. And uh, Chipotle. <laughs> the Chipotle out there as well. Why not? You know, the Chipotle Bowl, the players would love it, the coaches would love it. Give everybody, you know, a bunch of free burritos. My point is there's a lot of possibilities here. I still think the Crocs Bowl would be the funniest. But, uh, you know, you could do it like the Mile High Bowl sponsored, the Coors Mile High Bowl sponsored, you know, by Coors. Do it at Coors Field. You know, how many opportunities are there? I just I think it'd be great. Or Breckenridge was involved. You know, you could do bowl festivities at the farmhouse. And I'm not even saying that because they're one of our partners. Like, I just think genuinely they're one of the cooler you know, local brands. Anyways, let's get a bull here, whether it's silly, whether it's, you know, kind of a lame sponsor like Aero Electronics or whatever it is, who cares? I just want a bull game in Colorado. I would attend any bull game, any place. It would be a ton of fun. And I just think it would be good for, for raising the profile of college football in this state. You know, I just, I genuinely do. Uh, a couple of bulls coming up. We've got Wyoming versus Kent State on, well, it's today. At 1.30 tonight, we've got San Diego State versus UTSA in the Frisco Bowl. Low-key, a pretty good game. 11-1 UTSA going against 10-2 San Diego State. I'm in on the Aztecs. That's my DraftKings pick of the week is San Diego State. 
to to pull that upset some, I'm taking them on the money line. I recommend that you take it as well. I will say it makes me a little bit nervous that it's basically going to be a home game for UTSA. That said, when everybody else is out on the Aztecs, that's when I lean in. And they've really made me a lot of money over the years with these types of games. So I'm, I'm leaning on that ground game. I think that their defense gets it done when they need. And I think they respond after a disappointing, you know, Mountain West championship game. And, and the other thing I will say is, you know, winning another game would be huge for San Diego State. It would be the most wins ever by them in a single season. So they have something to play for here. I know they didn't quite, you know, live up to the, what they were hoping to, but they still got as good of a bowl game. I mean, would, would have playing Oregon State in the L.A. Bowl been that much better? I guess being in California would have been good. But anyways, taking the Aztecs to my DraftKings pick of the week. And then tomorrow we've got Missouri versus Army in the Armed Forces Bowl. That's a stay away from me. I, I have lost so much money on Missouri this year. They can't cover against bad teams. They do cover against good teams. They don't make any sense. I would be nervous as a Missouri fan going against this Army defense and obviously their wonky option offense. But again, kind of a stay away from me. That's all I have today. If I missed anything, uh, send it my way. If you have something that you want me to talk about, tweet it at me, email me, send it by Carrier Pigeon, whatever you've got to do. We've got some flexibility, obviously, because there's no basketball games going on at the moment. Hopefully that game on the 28th at the pit happens kind of in between as far as recruiting periods go. Just kind of an odd, quiet, dead time at the moment. So if you have something you'd like me to dive into, it doesn't even necessarily have to be you know, what I normally talk about. If you want me to give you my top five Christmas movies or something, I don't know, whatever it may be, I'm down to do it. Maybe we'll open up the mailbag portion again. Um, I just appreciate all of you. I hope everybody's having a good week. I will say, I know that the holidays can be a tough time for people. And I just, if if you're out there and you're feeling alone, I, I do hope, you know, there are people that care about you. We are a tremendous community, you know, CSU fans, the DNVR Rams community, even if you're not a member, but you know, you, you follow along, you participate online, we're a community and, and I do care about all you guys. And, you know, if you ever just want to vent to somebody, you know, reach out to me, DM me. I promise as long as I see it, I will respond. Um, I just know it can be tough. You know, I, I had a couple of years where I was alone, you know, on the holidays going through some stuff, felt felt pretty dark, you know, felt pretty empty. And I don't know. I just, I wish I would have reached out because I think so many of my friends, my family members would have, you know, loved to have spent time with me, but I just kind of boxed myself in and I I don't want all you guys to do the same thing, learn from my mistakes. Um, if you, if you aren't, you know, if you aren't going through anything, I hope you have a good week as well. I love the holidays. I'm a big Christmas nerd, love the festivities. Um, anyways, I just, I just wanted everybody to know that There are people out there thinking of you. And even when times feel dark, even when it feels bleak, even when it feels like things aren't going to get better, keep pushing, man, because they will. As as somebody that went through about five and a half years of just bleakness and a lot of shit, man, just thing after thing, it it does kind of seem like my life is, is really in the best position it's been. I mean, I've got a great job. I've got a wonderful girlfriend. I love her family. I love my family. Um, and I love all you, you know, I love all of you for supporting my content. I love interacting with all of you. It means a lot to me. So I guess that's what I wanted to say. Sorry for getting sappy. You know, it is the season though. So take care out there. Stay warm. Peace.
Just forget.